0: To the show. My name is Trey Carland. Today we're going to be talking about the Enneagram. Um, I'm no expert in it, but that's basically a personality type indicator that a lot of people are using these days. I recently got into it because my wife discovered she was a six, started showing me articles, and I'm, I'm a nine. When I started reading all the things about sixes and nines, I realized that this was. Very accurate. Um, and at that point, I started reading more and decided I wanted to talk to some local experts. We'll say. So today I am with Tammy Hendricks, who is a teacher of the Enneagram, and Tom Marino, who is an artist and also very familiar with the Enneagram. So what I'd like to do is go ahead and turn this over to Tammy and. Maybe you can just tell us a little bit about how you came to find the Enneagram, how it's touched your life, and how you currently use it.
1: Okay. I grew up with a mother who was studying the Enneagram through the Eureka school, and Oscar Chazzo. And I um, remember it vaguely in my teens. S- I knew that she was doing this Eureka stuff, and I think I knew a little bit about it in my teens, and then. I, don't know, I was about twenty. She started teaching it. Um, she had left the Iraqi school um, within that last decade and studied with some other people and started teaching it, um, but down in Florida. And so I started going to her workshops that she had once a month or so, and um, I loved it. I fell in love with it, and was also just beginning my sort of um, passion for spiritual awakening, and so. It was part of my path, um, and so studied with her and some other teachers over that decade, and then about five years ago, my mom and I started teaching it together in Asheville, and we started the a school in Asheville, which is now the um, a school that she's she's doing, and I'm, I'm coming off on another tangent with it, which I'll talk about later, but it's the um, Enneagram of Awakening school. And so I taught. I taught it for five years with her, and now I'm developing it in a new way. So.
2: Well, it's me now, Tom. <laughs> no. um, I discovered the anagram quite by accident. Um, it's like 1997. I wanted to do a three-year spiritual program with these two well-known teachers, and a weekend anagram workshop was a requirement. When I first heard about it, I thought it was ridiculous. You know, the anagram, how can something define me? You know, I'm unique. I'm special. (laughs) But, so I was really resistant. You know, I I, I didn't think it was real. You know, so um, I did the workshop. And as I did the three-year program um, and studied the anagram, studied my fixation. My it was like a light went off in my head. My whole life made sense in a in a whole new way. You know everything I ever did. I, I saw why I, you know, I behaved as I did for my really my entire life. So it's quite an eye opener for me. Um, I'm a fear point, a self preservation, and is my subtype. And maybe, Tammy uh, can get into those later. So what I decided to do was, uh, you know, my whole, I've been afraid my whole life. You know, full of doubt, fear. It really ran me and I saw clearly that it did. And what's doubt but the flip side of fear, right? What's shyness? A polite way of saying you're afraid, really. It, you know, sure. it, an excuse. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, some, to some degree, right? So at the time I was uh, working as a computer consultant in San Francisco. You know, I was making, more money than ever made in my life. I was doing really well. I was in my late fifties. Um, I think I was in my late fifties or in my fifties. now wait, No, I'm sorry. But I don't know what how old I was. It was back in the nineties. But anyways, I was, I was making great money I had this great job. I was working at Charles Schwab. as a computer consultant. You know, I was on the thirty first floor with views of the San Francisco Bay, and, and it was good. Life was good. I had a house in, in a really cool neighborhood, um, and. Was going really good, and I decided to quit my job because I realized it was you know my whole pull has been towards safety and security, you know. So I decided, okay, screw it, you know. And I, I really wasn't my call. I was good at the job, but well, really I wasn't my calling. You know, I wanted to write, and later on, I got into painting, but you know, so I wanted to, to write a, a novel. So I quit my job. Everyone thought I was nuts. What are you doing, And blah blah blah. And, and then after about a year. I wasn't working, I realized I couldn't really afford my house. Couldn't afford the taxes and the the maintenance. And I had to sell it or go back to work. So I sold it and I moved uh, about an hour and a half east to the Sierra Nevada Foothills. So I went from a super busy urban street to a dirt road in the woods where I couldn't even see my neighbors. It was was pretty dramatic. You know, where I used to live, I'd go out at midnight and there'd be people out, you know, just out my front door. And, uh, and now there's like, you know, birds and animals and stuff. So so I lived like for some, I lived there for seven years, like a monk, pretty much, you know, chopping wood, carrying water. he's like cliche. And um, it was me and my dog Bosco, who was a, a bhakti yogi devotee. No, it's a <laughs> I'm joking, but, you know, bhakti yogis love devotional love, and that's really what dogs are. So, anyways, he, he was a tremendous guru for me, really. And um, I'm getting off track. After seven years, I realized there's was time to move on. So I, I drove across country three, four times and and uh, ended up in Asheville. I couldn't find a better place. And I started painting. And I just skipped out and get really good feedback. And I just got a studio in, in, uh, in, the, in the River Arts District here in Asheville. So I guess the point of this whole story is that, um, you know, none of this would have happened if I didn't. I'd probably still be in San Francisco if I would have worked and not be retired war or something, you know. So now um, it changed my life. I, I got paid or now I am a studi- I got a studio and, and all these things were happening. It wasn't easy. I mean there's so many challenging times, so many times I wanted what I was doing, you know. And, and it was, uh, you yeah, know, so I had to meet all my fears. And, and one of the things that really helped me was that I developed this m- mantra early on that turned through some very challenging times. Which is uh, trust, let go, and be in the moment. If you do those three things, and they kind of work together, one helps the other. If you trust, let go, and be in the moment, everything will take care of itself. You know that's what I find. So that's really how the anagram can change one's life. You know, I'm gonna quote my teacher now, Eli Jackson Beer, who said, "Until you see what's running, you don't have a choice. But once you see what's running, then you have a choice. Then you can." freedom of fixation. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's really to me the essence of the anagram, you know, because it's so the anagram defines the habitual patterns of the mind, but it's so close to you, so natural that you, you take it for granted that's who you are. So until you actually can see it, you know, in the name of the whoa, there's the fear or there's the anger or there's the neediness. You know, you are just running like a robot, you know. So that's to me, is the beauty of the anagram is, is it, it creates a whole new freedom and um, it expands and, and it's fun, you know, to get out of that robotic stage, I mean, to, to spread your w- wings and fly it is, it's, uh, it's quite liberating on many levels. And that's really why I'm here, just to really say that.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Tammy, I understand you're taking the Enneagram into some new directions at this point. Yeah, well, I'm
1: developing a piece of it that I don't, I haven't found. So, oh gosh, the Enneagram for people that don't don't know it, it, the Enneagram is, um, well, the Enneagram is a sta- a nine pointed star, and it's been taken by uh, first by Gurdjieff and then it, Oscar Itazo. Applied to the personality, so what most people, when we say the enneagram, we think of the enneagram of personality, Um, and that's that's what I've been teaching and studying all this time. It's the same enneagram that Tom's talking about, Um, but there's an aspect of the enneagram that we sort of allude to in their teachings, and some teachers teach about it a little more deeply than others, um, the spiritual dimensions of the enneagram. But there's an essence to each of the types, and so. I started becoming really, really drawn and curious to the essence more and more. I kind of knew what the essence was, and I could talk about it, but I didn't really have like a real felt sense from any of the teachings about what the essence really was. I I knew that, um, I knew the words for it, but I I didn't, I wasn't hearing any teachings that really brought me to taste that, and um, didn't understand exactly what that meant, that, that there was a, is, is like, an, like a facet of consciousness. Um, that consciousness is sort of being um, filtered through these different um, be- beauty, power, wisdom kind of facets. And um, so understanding that any Enneagram personalities is really powerful. And Tom is a perfect example of that, so am I. Uh, it's like a tool, like any other tool for spiritual awakening, yoga, meditation. It can bring you, it can help your system get ready for the realization of, of consciousness it doesn't it it you can't wake up through the Enneagram of personality but it can help your system become less and less identified and more and more open and less contracted and become sort of more prone for awakening Um, but what I have found by following my my passion for the essence is that the the core of every type every type is fixated around a blind spot for um, the essence of, the, of its type. So um, the six pattern um, is a fear type. And we talked about six. Thomas and Six, but it's a fear type. And it, it struggles with doubt and um, fear ultimately of death and of not existing any, any longer. Um, there's a blind spot in there for really tasting what, what is eternal, what cannot die, what cannot be harmed. Um, and that's a facet of consciousness, is the, the, the quality of the, the truth, the wisdom of um, our etern- the, our eternal nature, the eternal nature of consciousness. And that's one one aspect of um, the Enneagram. If, you, if we flipped it and looked at the, n- the type nine, um, which you've said you are. Um, so there's a blind spot for another aspect or another quality, another uh, doorway of, of sacred perception, um, which is for this quality of oneness, um, uh, then the nine pattern will form, and the nine in all of us will, f- will form um, into a painful par- kind of personality structure when, when that, because there is that door, that door to oneness isn't really open. So we think that we start imitating oneness or seeking oneness by going with the flow and being easygoing and avoiding conflict and avoiding anything that makes us feel separate because there's a blind spot for the, the truth, which is that there is no way for us to be separate at, at, at the level of consciousness, that the oneness aspect, which is, uh, you know, eternal for six oneness, right? We're, we're talking about these, um, sacred kind of facets, but they're, they're, they're all consciousness is the center of all of this. Um, so each type has a doorway, um, The one it has to do with integrity and purity and perfection. The, per- the integrity of this moment, the, the perfection of this moment, there's like then that doorway is closed, the personality forms into this painful structure where it's seeking perfection and it has to be perfect and it's judging you're not you don't have integrity and you don't have integrity and oh that wasn't, inte- that wasn't an, an, an integrative thing to do or. Um, and I didn't do that perfectly or I made a mistake and they become judgmental because the doorway to the the integrity that's inherent in consciousness or the, perf- the purity, the perfection of it, right? So now we're talking about with the one pattern, um, a doorway into purity or, perf- or sacred perfection, which is really just of this moment, which is what consciousness is. So it's like each of the types has this um, doorway to an, a way of a way of a way of knowing or you could say experiencing consciousness um, that to me is a lot more interesting than the nuances of the personality and how it kind of gets into these jangled painful looking structures which i could talk a lot about but i'm just like so in love with this new realm it's like we could talk about the, the the structures of the personality and that's useful work it's obviously helped and I and our process and helped me awaken but um, this this other side of it helps integrate awakening and helps awakening become more embodied because people can wake up to consciousness and still have this like why is why am I still struggling with some judgment or why am I still feeling depressed or why am I still struggling with a fear of death or why and to me the Enneagram will will really help folks who there's so many people waking up right now embody and integrate the awakening because it's showing us these different um, like the nature of reality the nature of this moment which has to do with um, etern- the eternal quality of it or the the oneness quality of it or the the innocence of it for the eight or the joy for the seven or the peace for the five or um, the radiance and beauty of this moment that's inherent in this moment but what happens when we get fixated on that one aspect when it's really like the door is totally tight and closed the personality will start to seek for that sacred quality in like the objects of the world and myself and my personality and you i want i want thing i want to find want to be more and more beautiful like the, the four will struggle with um, not being unique enough, not being, not having enough beauty, searching for beauty where it doesn't really abide. It abides in consciousness, not in the objects of, of consciousness. So I don't know if that's a clear way of describing it, but that's what I'm really drawn to right now is the, the essence. And this is just keeps opening itself up to me more and more. I did like a little research project for a year where we explored it. And it's just been so much more profound than the Enneagram of Personalities is a m- more conventional way of understanding it. Um.
0: Well, I'm wondering whether or not you could maybe just talk briefly about each type. I know you touched sure. a little bit on each one, but the... Um,
1: so, it's based on this idea that we have these three centers of intelligence, or being, or perception, the head, the heart, and the gut, or the body. So it's broken into these three um, triads, three sets of three. And so Tom said I'm a fear point. That's so. There's three fear points, um, and the fear points are the head types, the intellect types. Um, there's three body types, three gut types, and the, um, and 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 they're based on the emotion of anger. Um, and then there's three heart types. And they're based on the emotion of essentially sadness. Um, So it's based on this understanding that we all obviously have these three centers of being and that our personality will tend to, we we have all the types, but there'll be a primary place where our personality kind of fixates. It could be through, within the head, the the center of being which is intellectual and about um, thought and understanding life and could get based in the heart and the feelings and the emotions and so the identification forms around Emotional, their emotional life could get based in the body, and so the identification is like more elemental, more in the body, more um, uh, based on me- this is this is who I am, this this physical form here. You know, so the head types will often fear going mad. You know, losing losing the mind. I don't want to become schizophrenic. I don't want to become. You know, I'm afraid of losing my mind. You know, um, so so the the so each type. So each type is based in one of these three centers. And then within the centers, there's what's called the externalization of that, the internalization of that, and then there's the core types. So the core types um, is the triangle in the middle of the Enneagram, the three, six, and nine. They're like in the center of that, um, of that center. They are actually um, thought to be avoiding the core emotion it's fear for the head and anger for the gut and um, sadness for the heart and then one of those types is externalizing that that energy that quality and one of them is internalizing it right so um, if we were to go around um, the Enneagram I don't want to go through each type When we look at the essence and what the blind spots are from this, this other perspective that I'm talking about, um, you, there's something interesting if we look at that, also these three centers of being, and from a sacred perspective, it is not just about fixation, but um, to me the, the, the gut points, the, the body types, looking at the top of the Enneagram, which is the eight, nine, and one, the, the gut types have this kind of like to me, it's sort of like a structural um, uh, Side of consciousness. So if consciousness is this moment right now, like the now if we were to say What's the essence of type 8? Um, to me the essence of it and This might sound a little bit different than what some of the books say, but but I've been exploring it a lot more deeply than um, than what I've seen in the, in the literature the essence of type 8 has to do with innocence. Yeah. Um, we, taught, we call it shakti and power, um, and innocence is, is powerful as well. But there's like this, to me, there's something structural about like that there's an innocence in the structure of this moment. Um, and the fixation for the eight forms around that door being very closed. So they're really into who needs to be punished, there's a, like a battle to fight. We're, we're sort of out in this world to, to combat the world. There's something wrong and I'm here to fix it. And I'm here to, to battle that. And there's an outward moving energy of anger. If innocence was known and really grokked in, in their whole being, then that if that doorway to, per, to perception, if they were able to perceive the innocence of this moment always that's built into the foundation of it, I'm not saying that something, a con, uh, an object within it, might be doing something that doesn't look innocent, but it's all made of the same thing, consciousness. And it's all happening within consciousness, and it, consciousness has innocence inherent in it. So that pattern forms around a blind spot for the innocence of consciousness. And so they get fixated around um, blaming and, and finding who's doing what wrong, and I'm going to punish that person. And, and also, like, this fear of being punished themselves and feeling when they get real vulnerable feeling deep down that they're evil that they're that they're wrong and we move over to the 9 there's um to me there's also something sort of structural about oneness you know the essence of 9 is oneness about um that th- that this moment is un- is undifferentiated there's um consciousness is indifferentiated. it has no boundaries um the boundaries are and are appearances in consciousness their um, sort of like sensations or perceptions within this one undivided, undifferentiated consciousness. And um, that doorway is really closed tight for the type nine. Um, and so they are seeking that essence. They're um, seeking it by um, not getting angry, because anger is sort of represents. Um, uh, separation to a lot of us if we get angry how can we love each other? like it's like the opposite of love for in one of our minds and so the nine will um, avoid anger avoid intensity avoid conflict avoid anything that appears like a, that would create a boundary between us because they're sort of imitating and seeking this thing that can never be lost the fact that this is all undifferentiated. Un- that consciousness has at the level of consciousness it's all one and so I, I, call, I call that oneness to the, the essence of the nine. Um, so if somebody wakes up who has the type nine, chances are that conditioning is still somewhat in their system and they might still be acting like a type nine and doing some of that stuff that is um, um, a symbol that, that they, might, they might be awakened, they might really get consciousness but it takes a long time for that to really integrate and embody. It might be a whole lifetime. If you had a, if you had a kind of a map here for like, oh, I just did something. I just did something that I didn't want to do because I didn't want to create confrontation or conflict. And you kind of understand, oh, that's that old pattern. That part of me that doesn't still doesn't really get oneness. That doesn't get that everything is included here. And um, so. It's, to me, it's a beautiful tool for like post-awakening, not just pre-awakening. So you can start to identify, when you, when you know it this way, when you're like, oh, this is the facet of, of consciousness that I really need to integrate and embody. And so if you still see your pattern functioning, it's an indication that there's, there's, a, there's some work you can do around um, opening and recognizing. Oh, I'm still looking for oneness where it doesn't live It doesn't live in my relationship with my wife. It lives in consciousness. It lives in the whole um, Structure of what we're made of it lives in the fabric of life Not in this one rep- this one thing that's appearing within life, you know, so we move to the one um, This essence has to do with integrity. It has to do with like the sacred design of this moment again it's sort of structural to me it's like that um, there is like a there is something sacred about the design of this moment about the design of consciousness it's like it had it's not just um, it's not flawed it's not random um, there's a head has an integrity to it and when that door is very closed shut that person is really sensitive to judging and noticing where there's flaws and knowing noticing where there's um, people who aren't who aren't acting in, in integrity or when they've done something wrong and then they punish themselves and um, so that person could have had a profound awakening but if they notice and I've seen one I've been around ones people with the one pattern who are very awake but still if they get really honest there's still some judgment that comes up in their minds They might they still might judge that something and you've probably seen teachers that are ones who talk like this too like that's wrong and you know, and so to me, it's like, oh, if you can, if you've got this aspect of it, that if you still notice that the personality is judging, then that awakening hasn't um, I- integrated itself really deeply in you, like, or, or it could go deeper, um, that you're looking for integrity where it doesn't really abide. You're looking for it in people's behaviors or your own behaviors or the way, the structure of the building when... Okay, well, open your open to the integrity of consciousness of this moment, and um, I could go around the whole enneagram, but that would take <laughs> a long time. But that's just the body types. It's just a taste of what I'm talking about for the body types, and it it moves. So I'll just go through the the essence, moving down into the heart now, into the um, two, three, and four. The two, um, I call it the beloved. It's the um, it's the bhakti element of oh, we were just talking about bhakti, but it's the there's a uh, they, they, the door to the love um, facet of consciousness um, is real, sh- real tight there, they, so they become imitating of it and seeking of it. Um, a lot of them don't want to hear this, but there is um, they become obsessed with looking, loving, Behaving in loving ways, being loving people, being perceived as having the image of being very loving and caring, and also, they know um, a little bit under the surface that they're really triggered by not feeling loved, not feeling respected, not and so, they're looking for this love quality where it really doesn't abide. It's in the nature of consciousness. It's in the nature of reality in this moment, and that's an uh, that's an aspect of awakening and. so then, I don't want to keep. So then, I'll go to the three. It's wholeness. It's about a sense of wholeness and completion. This moment is whole. It's complete as it is. There's nothing to work towards. There's nothing to achieve. It 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 is whole. Like like it's. There's nothing lacking in this moment, right? And in consciousness, the four. It has to do with beauty and radiance. Um, there is a way to begin to perceive that there's beauty. In this moment that there's consciousness here an artist is tapping into that when they're doing their art you know and, um, but that doorway becomes uh, the, the sacred doorway to, to sacred beauty becomes really closed for them and so then they start seeking it and move over to the head types the five it has to do with peace and stillness right and so they start seeking and obsessing around um, eliminating stimuli from their life and needing to become like monks in the world, looking for stillness in the absence of things, not recognizing that, that there is a stillness, obviously, that consciousness ultimately is completely silent and still. Um, the six, it has to do with eternity, we talked about that. The eternal nature of this moment. Um, the seven, it has to do with joy, uh, newness and joy of this moment it's always brand new and completely different um, so that's the Enneagram
0: yeah. good stuff and being a nine and reading about the nines avoiding conflict and giving in and trying to go along and I d- there are unconscious patterns which I guess is what we're talking about here just unconscious patterns that we've grown up with and so I Recognizing that, like Tom was saying, is the the key to, we'll just say, transcending, or, um, accepting that it's there, and becoming sort of free of the conditioned patterns. Um, so I'm I'm learning a lot about myself just by reading about Type Nine, and I haven't delved deeply into the subtypes or the wings or any of that kind of stuff. But um, so I'm kind of scratching the surface enough to realize that yes i'm i'm a nine and i see how that's playing up, uh, playing out in my relationships with everybody really um, so i guess just for selfish purposes what would your advice be to a nine
1: <laughs> <laughs> um i could come at it i'll come at it from two different it's sort of directions i don't know if that's the right but it's sort of like um From the Enneagram of Personality Direction, my advice would be to um, get in touch with preferences, needs, desires, wants to be- become, just open yourself more and more to um, having an awareness of what you want, prefer, and then finding the courage to like admit that to yourself and start to admit that to the world. And notice when you might say, oh, I'd prefer to go this place versus this place, or I'd prefer to have, um, I don't want to, agree. I prefer to do this thing versus this thing, but it's not that big of a deal, and look, it's so important to that person, you know what I mean, so just watch for that, that's a key, it's like, uh, it's not that big of a deal, ultimately what the person with a type 9 is saying with that is, I'm not really that big of a deal, I don't really matter as much, they matter more than I matter, so my needs can just kind of because because i don't need to exist you
0: know yeah i found it difficult trying to find my preferences yeah so, so the
1: first step would be just to say i want to open my i mean you can just do set an intention i'm opening myself to finding my preference mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. and maybe there's a belief that maybe i don't have any preferences but Maybe this Enneagram stuff is telling me that that might not be the full picture. Right. That you might discover preferences. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so, so there's something called right action with the type nine, which is like taking the right action, which can be, um, it, it, so there's no, um, it's not like always go or always stop or always. It's like do the right action for what, what what's aligned with your truth in that moment. That's the right action.
2: Said about you having trouble getting in touch with your preferences speaks volumes in itself. I think. That's you the know, nine. Yeah. So mm-hmm. something to look at. Not a problem. You have though. Oh no, <laughs> I got I got lots of preferences. <laughs> no, no, I don't, no, no. So that's. I think that's it. also see if there's like a, a very subtle anger
1: within you. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, opening yourself up to anger. That's mm-hmm. the other path for the nine is like, where are you at in terms of awareness of anger? If, you, if this Enneagram stuff sa- resonates, like maybe there's something to this, mm-hmm. then the Enneagram is showing you that you're an anger type. Mm-hmm. And so- No, I'm okay.
0: not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes people with an nine pattern will be like, I know there's anger. I know it deep down. I just don't, nobody else knows it, but I know it. And sometimes they're like, I don't know anger at all. You know, and
2: so yeah. these, most of these are very low level. You know, it's an undercurrent of neediness, or or mm-hmm. anger, or, or fear. You know, it's, it's very subtle because it's so close to you. You've known it your entire life, so it's like it's like yeah, in yeah. your cells. It's second nature. It's like <laughs> software that's running. You you know, since the day you were born, there's nine software programs. That's where you can look at it. And mm-hmm. you know, each person has their own software. You know, but the good news is you can. It, dynamically, you know, you have a choice, out.
1: it is so much like that because you yeah. can have a. Uh, that's why you can have a big awakening, and really be very awake, and yet the software program is still plugged yeah. in and yeah. and, run and running.
2: Yeah, it like you know, they say the anagram personality, but you know, it's it's deeper. The personality, the the fixation or the type personality type doesn't change. You know, it's constant throughout your entire life. Like it's like your eye color. You know, it's not going to change. As personalities. You can work on a personality, you can become a better, you know, more happy, or if you're a grumpy person, you become happy or whatever, you know. Personalities change, you know, you work on them, I want to be a better this or that, but the fixation doesn't change, you know, it's, it's always there, and, and that's, you know, like, that's the, why people don't see it, because you've always had it, you know, it's always been running.
0: Tammy you mentioned something about two different approaches for this nine thing, right? Yes, so
1: so that would be the sort of approach to Enneagram personality. Mm -hmm. Um, um, The ecstatic Enneagram kind of approach to that might be a little different. It would be like um, learning that the essence of type nine has to do with oneness. Um, It's also... um, called pure being in some of the literature it's also called harmony in some of the literature but to me pure being and harmony also has to do with oneness um, I think oneness kind of gets a little more to the crux of what's what the, the personality is starting to, to struggle around or what the personality does struggle around the pain of it um, and so it would be about um, opening yourself to like, sort of getting on a path of um, really beginning to grok oneness that is the, the oneness of this moment and then the, the nine gets confused because we all get confused because we, we learn that we're supposed to be these these um, <laughs> these body minds like we're taught that this is what we are and so that's that you know that's that can freak all that freaks us all out it's like I'm this body that has like a time limit on it and or I'm this mind that I have no control over and what if it goes mad or I'm these emotions that I can't control you know <laughs> and so y- 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 you start to look for what your essence is in this thing that is barely even real it's just a structure that's personnel it's a beliefs beliefs and identifications and so it would be to start to really um, and um, and work with somebody who has a real taste of this but start to like, get on a search for finding um, the real oneness the, the real the real um, way that every that ho- that real thing that holds everything um, all inclusively um, unconditionally that holds all the conflict and all the wars and all the things that seem to divide us. The thing that is actually already like holding this whole thing together. That it's already—it's like to find the oneness where it really belongs and stop trying to do it in the world of behavior
2: and. Um Lovely. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> it's the enneagram is also—it's like a path of self-inquiry. Yeah, yeah. You know, because when you you inquire about it, you know what's running, what's underneath that, you know, and then what's underneath that, and what's underneath that, so it really expands your whole awareness. So it, it's you know, the, it, there's so many levels of, of beauty in in the yeah. learning the enneagram. I mean, it's just it's, there's so many different avenues that, that that can happen, and so many you can expand in so many different ways. You know, like Tammy says, there's, there's all these different. Paths you can take, and each one is, is leads to expansion and, and, and realizations of uh, of who you are at the deepest level. And I think that's really the beauty of it is it, it just it just removes the layers and layers and and, uh, and these are layers like I said that are so close they're h- really hard to detect, you know, because they're just so innate, you know, and they're just cellular almost, you know, and and they I mean they really began as. Uh, you know I mean survival techniques you saw the the Enneagram you know started these are all survival techniques we learned Mm. you
1: know there is so much beauty in the Enneagram and and you touched on this a little bit earlier but there is also um, sometimes a risk of becoming more identified through the Enneagram and I do feel like I want to just put that out there too is that oh yeah and more, the more and more conventional that it has become, which is kind of cool that it's spreading, but also the more I see people becoming more identified yeah. versus less identified with the, um, actu- the the parts of the personality that aren't don't really feel good. It might feel a little bit better than what you felt before, but you know, becoming, like you said, like a really good six or becoming a really good nine yeah. or <laughs> totally.
0: Yeah, I've heard some people say, that's so six of you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. so that's the other that. thing
1: is judging each other, right. and it can be powerful. I work <laughs> with couples. I use the enneagram in my couples work. Um, it can be powerful, but then I also work with couples who know the enneagram, and it's like, it's like that. That's the filter now. Like I can't see you. Th- I just see no. you as your type, and that's a real danger in in a relationship. It's like, just oh, you're just always being like, you know, you're just always going to be afraid of right. something, or you're just trying to be. Con- you're a six. You're being controlling, or. And so, there, you know, there, it, there's a fine line here, like maybe all models, but um, just just to be careful with it.
0: I can see there's a slippery slope as well as a, a wake-up call there. So
1: much potential and America. yeah, a slippery slope, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've known a lot of spiritual folks who really don't like it because of this, sp- the slippery slope and not, not a lot of the well-known modern spiritual teachers are into it but they all know about it and I've had a couple teachers who've said I don't want to I'm not I'm not touching the Enneagram but I think because of that potential to start saying yeah. well I'm a six and you're a nine and you're a seven and you're and I do feel that way too it's like hard to even say I wouldn't say I'm a six or even I have the six pattern because it I'm not static I'm not a static being and I know six that it'd be a sixth thing to say but it is true that um I, I find all the types, and it's important for me to work through the, the paths of all the types. And then, when you look at it from this other perspective, like you know, I, you know, this, these are facets of consciousness. This is what we all are. I have all three centers of being. Awakening needs to open in all of all three centers. Um, if I just stopped with the with the head, I would be missing out on so much.
0: Hmm. So, for people that are interested in the enneagram, what would you recommend they they do to explore it further rather than just stop at the, the surface level personality types. I of
1: often recommend Eli Jackson Bear's book.
2: It's um. workshop. Yeah, shop, yeah right. you come in <laughs> if you want to learn about this.
1: <laughs> um, there's workshops going on in our town for sure. Um, some teachers. That's the best way, Yeah get online and people, this is the other thing that people get turned off. You get online and you do a personality test. There's so many Enneagram tests yeah, online. Yeah. And they're so often not accurate. Or, I mean, uh, over the years, of course, I type. If I have taken them, I'll type differently every time. And so then they're just like, well, it doesn't quite get at the, like, the, they if they type wrong on there, they're like, yeah, I have some of that. But it doesn't really, like, get to what they're really struggling with because it's not the right type. And
2: there's so. one other really good book. What is it, Russo? They so Hudson, they, yeah. They yeah. That's a um, great book, too. I think that's a really yeah, great Yeah,
1: depends on wh- where you want to, you know, some people want something like more accessible, and some people want something a little more dense. So there's just some really great books that are a lot more dense out there. Um, Almas, some great books. Um, Sandra Matry.
0: Is there a website that you would recommend for taking the test? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I wouldn't recommend the test. maybe yeah. do like do it lightly and yeah. know that it can be wrong.
0: Okay. Jamie, you're doing a workshop? Well you can up. look
1: look at um, it's not live yet, but the Ecstatic Enneagram will be live. Ecstaticenneagram.com and there'll be a workshop, I think in May. and then my mom's website the um, Enneagram I think is what it, it is. There's a lot of lot of workshops she's doing. A lot of um, um, now she's doing virtual workshops and like th- the basics, of like good good resource for the basics. And she's a great teacher. She teaches the energetics really well. So if you want to s- get started with the enneagram, that's a great place. And she goes, does deeper certifications
0: and stuff like that too. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you both. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. Cool. It's
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> been